0: Mask ordinance is not a law. You are not required to enforce it. And I have a constitutional right not to wear a mask if I don't want to. I have a health issue. I've told you that several times. Yes, you have. As I did yesterday. I've told you I have a health issue. I'm constitutionally constitutionally within my rights not to wear a mask and what you're enforcing is illegal. I understand your position, sir the issue this citation, what I need you to do is to sign right here on this line. I'm not going to sign under anything under duress. I'm not required to sign anything under duress. I will not sign that piece of garbage right there. I will not sign it. Okay. You, you are I? violating my civil rights. Officer, you are violating Blowhole. my civil rights. Blowhole. I just don't like saying people think wrong. You are violating my civil rights, and there are two people walking by right now without masks, and there's no law enforcement with them. Not that the other officer. Just walked, two people walk by, not wearing masks. Mask ordinance is not a law. Know your rights, folks.
1: Know your rights. That's what I would say about this video that you just saw. I would say, know your rights. And I don't care what anybody says. I wouldn't sign that ticket either. I would sign a ticket if by law you had the authority to give me that ticket. But by law, you have no such authority because no law has went through Congress. And the Constitution, regardless of your feelings or regardless of your ignorance, the Constitution trumps anything that is not a law or is not legal for the government or authorities to do it to you, like detaining you for nothing, impeding your movement for no reason whatsoever other than the fact that they want to, and now you have so many police officers that are like the Gestapo, that are like these Nazis, that are like these brown shirts, that are just doing what they're told. So now you'll see them stop people on the streets for nothing whatsoever j- just because they look suspicious. They say, give me your ID. Well, I don't have to give you my ID. You've, I've not done anything wrong. Can you tell me what law that I've broken or what crime you might suspect me of committing? And then nowadays, these Gestapo brown shirts will go to, and I'm not talking about all cops. I back to blue. I'm talking about these ones who seem to have no moral compass and are just yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, no, ma'am. Police officers. And then they go to, well, you are are causing a civil disturbance. There's always a backup, right? There's always a backup for a backup for a backup in order for them to take away more of your freedoms. Now, the video that you just saw was in Georgia. That was in Georgia. That was not overseas. That was not in the U.K. That was not in Australia. That was in Georgia. Now I'm going to show you a video from Amsterdam, okay? I'm gonna show you a video from Amsterdam now so you can see what they're doing to people there that aren't wearing their masks. Here we go. Not only for not wearing their masks, but also for protesting illegal lockdowns. And you've seen the videos from New York City with America's finest men and women in blue stepping on flags, arresting people for trying to eat at Burger King, people with no prior criminal history, but nope, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But see, what's happening right now is that this COVID fear, these COVID fear tactics that they have, they're falling every day left and right. The numbers of people that are just getting sick and tired of it. It's not only people on the right. It's not just you right wing Trumpsters. It's everybody. People are sick and tired of it. As a matter of fact, our children go to a uh, a Christian school, and we got an email from the uh, from the administrator, the superintendent there, whatever you would call. Uh, that position in a Christian school. Um, And he said that because of the rising COVID cases everywhere, we strongly encourage all students to come back and wear masks. Guess who's not wearing a mask at their school? My kids. We do not live by these COVID rules. We do not live by this COVID fear and this COVID hysteria. Everybody in my family had COVID. And guess what? We're doing just fine. Now, I know some people aren't. And that's, they can live in that COVID world and they can, and they can do whatever. They, they can take their ivermectin. They can take uh, hydroxychloroquine. You can take four booster shots. I don't care. But as for me and my family, we don't live in this COVID world. So I guess we would be amongst the, uh, the arrested there. I would say that right now the United States as a whole is somewhere in between those two videos that I just showed you. The cold open video of the guy getting a citation for not wearing his mask. And the video of Amsterdam where they're literally a sicking attack dogs on citizens. I would say we're somewhere in between that right now. Now, even though the COVID fear is dying, the COVID tactics will ramp up because that fear is dying. Meaning that from city to city, from state to state, You will see them try harder than they did in 2020 and 2021 to continue to push the masks, continue to push the vax because of the fact that the fear is dwindling. And I want to thank Miranda Dolan. Thank you so very much for the $5 donation on Rumble Ranch. She says, know your rights. God is our refuge and strength. We are covered in his armor. Amen. Thank you, Miranda. And thank you for the donation, but you're 100% right. Know your rights and do not allow them To push you into a society that is fake, that is fearful, and that is ignorant. You might be that person that's stuck outside the box. I get it. You may have no friends. You may have the entire world attacking you, but guess who loves you regardless? God. God loves you regardless. You see, folks, we are saved by grace through faith in order to do good works. We don't do good works in order to be saved. And the good works that we are allowed to do and and are able to do are not for God. They're for us. God's already, we don't have to do anything to get the grace. The grace is already free. The gift of giving, the gift of doing good works is for you, for you to experience that amazing feeling of giving, standing up for people, not allowing tyrants and evil people to destroy your communities, it's all rolled into one, whether you believe it or not. It's the truth. And speaking of that, we're going to go to the verse of the day today, which is actually a lot of verses. If you've got the newsletter this morning, you'll see that it wasn't a typical verse of the day. We went in deep. We went hard on the fact that Jesus is exactly who he said he was and the prophetic truth from the Old Testament that actually backs it up. Now, before we get going, I would like to let you guys know that there is a brand new address for the studio, so if you're sending any of your gifts, any crafts that you made, anything that you may want me to read, or even any of your physical donations, please send them to the address that is now listed below in your scrolling text, and thank you so very, very, very much. It hasn't changed much. It's actually a little shorter now, so a little less for you to write, um, and we will be doing a walkthrough of the studio very soon. We are about, I would say, a couple weeks away from being, being done in here. Not just this room, but I'm talking about the whole studio. So you guys can finally see when we go on Get Her Live, you'll finally be able to see all the wonderful gifts that you've sent over the last year. Okay, here we go. The verse of the day today, which again is actually verses of the day. It's titled, Jesus is the Messiah, No Doubts. No Doubts. And I'm going to read you the prophetic t- truth that actually backs all that up. First of all, I said hello and good morning. Our goal in 2022 is to grow the audience of LFA. That is only possible with your help. I can't do that. I know it's boring to share each and every video, but there are tricks. For example, sharing, your, sharing to your Instagram and Facebook Messenger chats, you should be able to share to multiple people at once on both of them. You could literally share to 100 people in 30 seconds. That is where the power is. Also, if you belong to groups on Facebook, Share there as well. We had one of the largest audiences here on Life from America on Facebook before we were banned for life. Still greatest thing that ever happened. A majority of those people would still watch the show, but they didn't want to bother to look or search or bother to sign up for another social media account. I can't reach these people anymore, but you all can. So my goal is to see Rumble and Getter increase by 20% by the end of January. And with your help and by the will of God, we will, di- we will get there and we'll be able to do it. So thank you. Today is going to be a little different. Instead of giving you one verse that proves that Jesus says who he says he was or who is who he says he was, I'm going to give you the verses that fulfill prophecy that proves Jesus was the son of God. This way, you not only have ammo in discussion with a non-believer, but so that you can go to read these verses in context as well. Jesus was is, and will forever be, the Son of God. And these verses that I'm about to read you prove that, all from the Old Testament. Micah 5.2 says, Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Please remind me where Jesus was born. Now, a lot of this can be backed up with actual historical documents, historical evidence, witnesses. All of this can be backed up. Isaiah 7, 14, Messiah would be born of a virgin. Remind me who Jesus' mother was again. Isaiah 53, 3, and Psalm 69, 8, Messiah would be rejected by his own people. Psalm 2, 7, Messiah would be declared the son of God. Psalm 78, 2 through 4, and Isaiah 6, 9 and 10, Messiah would speak in parables. Psalm 49, uh, 41 9 and Zechariah 11 2, 12 and 13 says Messiah would be betrayed. Was he or was he not? Psalm 35 11 says Messiah would be falsely accused. Was he or was he not? Isaiah 56 says 56 says Messiah would be spat on and struck. Isaiah 53, 12, Messiah would be crucified with criminals. Remember the thief on the cross. Psalm sixty nine twenty one. Messiah would be given vinegar to drink. Was he not? Scientifically, I mean, uh, witness and um, historically proven to be correct. Psalm 22:16 16 and Zechariah 12, 10 says Messiah's hands and feet would be pierced. Psalm 22:18 tw- uh, 18, soldiers would gamble for Messiah's garments. Exodus 12, 46 and Psalm 34, 20, Messiah's bones would not be broken. Psalm 22:1 1, Messiah would be forsaken by God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Zechariah 12:10, soldiers would pierce Messiah's side. Psalm 16:10 and Psalm 49:15. Messiah would resurrect. Psalm 24: 7 through 10, Messiah would ascend to heaven, and finally, Isaiah 53: 5 through 12. Messiah would be sacrifice for sin. Every single one of those verses that both Islam and the Jewish faith understand and recognize as being truthful. Except for the fact that the Jews don't believe he was the Messiah and neither do the uh, do the uh, the uh, the Muslims. However, they all know that all of this stuff happened and yet they still deny Jesus as being the son of God and the Messiah to come and wipe away our sins. But there's proof right there. That is prophetic proof in the Old Testament that Jesus is who he says he was and will always be the Son of God. And now let's go to the Lord's Prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Please remove your hats if you're wearing one, and let's all say it together as we do every single day to become one with God and worship him for what we all have. Here we go. and the glory forever. Amen. You know, another thing that I wanted to tell you guys the other day that I was uh, having a discussion with somebody with is um, in the Quran, the, uh, the Muslim faith, Islam, they say that a, prof, uh, a prophet can tell no lies. They say if somebody is labeled or deemed a prophet, then that person is a man of God. 100% truthful and can tell no lies. Now, if that's the case, then why do they contradict themselves and say that Jesus Christ was not the Messiah, but was a prophet? How is, that, how is that able to be said? How is it able to be said that a prophet of God who the Muslims believe that Jesus was one of the highest prophets of God? They believe it. They say it. It's in the Quran. Quran, whatever you want to call it, however it's pronounced, they say he's a prophet. And they also say in the same sentence that a prophet can tell no lies. So which one is it? Which one is it? I think we all know. Anyway, folks, please rumble, like, and share the video as we get ready for the first and foremost section of today. And I think you're going to be happy with it. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. Here we go. Nancy Pelosi is expected to retire this November, right after the midterms. So number one, let's all throw our hands in the air and thank God that that is her expected time of departure. November of 2022, Nancy Pelosi is expected to retire. One way or the the other, folks, she's gone, and that is something to look forward to. Now let's play out what I'm talking about. Let's break this down. Let's break it down. When I say one way or the other, she is gone. Let's play out the scenarios here on how this is going to go down. Number one, the first scenario, the Democrats win the midterm elections. Not going to happen. But let's just say in a fantasy world, you know, like having multiple genders, you know, like that's, that's, that's a thing. In a fantasy world of uh, it's ma'am being able to just wipe out women and take all the gold medals, in a fantasy world, the Democrats win the midterm elections. And after they win the midterm elections, Nancy Pelosi is expected to retire to Florida and hand over the reins to Representative Hakeem Jefferies. That is who she plans on passing the baton to, everyone. Let me go to the story and read it for you. Democrats seeking Pelosi's successor after midterm reports. House Democrats have started to look for a successor to Speaker Nancy Pelosi's uh, seat, who is expected to retire after November's midterm elections. According to the Washington Post, Rec, uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York, is the early favorite to become the next Democratic leader. But the maneuvering uh, for power has just begun. And this is the great thing about this, because the Washington Post is a, scum, uh, is a, a scumbag paper However, when they start talking about the fights that are going on in the Democratic Party, you know they're telling the truth. God bless you. Thank you, Natalie, and thank you guys all for the $1 and $2 train donations. I appreciate it. Let's get right into it. Uh, Like I said, when the the Washington Post is talking about the infighting that's happening in the Democratic Party, it's it's one of the times that you know that they're telling the truth, okay? The post uh, added, however, that infighting between the party's far left and moderate wings could play a role in replacing Nancy punch drunk Pelosi infighting amongst Democrats may potentially focus on saving resident Joe Biden's agenda after numerous far left measures in his build back broke act were stripped actually it says build back better, but you see I'm improvising as I go, uh, stripped out due to the lack of support from the more moderate wing of the party. The bill still has not passed the Senate and could fail should the Democrats lose control of Congress in November. Far-left Democratic Representative Roe Kenna of California, a supporter of Senator Bernie Sanders, presidential campaigns stated that whoever it is, I hope, they would adopt progressive positions and also listen to the broad caucus and build a consensus. Now, meanwhile, progressive caucus chairwoman, Representative Pramila Jayapal, Democrat of Washington, said that I think there was a holding of power model that worked very well for a long time. And now and I think now it's more about recognition of different centers of focus within the Democratic caucus that has to be brought uh, uh, brought in and brought together, and of course more uh, swamp donkey Democrats lay out their lay out their uh, ag- agendas and their desires. But long story short, amongst the uh, as a whole, amongst the party, with 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 the exception of a few far left people like the AOCs and the JAPLs and and the Ilhan Omars, as a whole, they are looking towards Hakeem Hakim Jeffries, which would be probably just as bad as having punch drunk Pelosi. Look, at least punch drunk Pelosi. For as bad as she is, she's been there a long, long time, and she understands the days of old. And sometimes, just sometimes, it might reflect in the way she makes decisions because she understands you know, a little bit of tradition, even though she's been trying to crush it a lot lately because she understands how bad they're getting ready to lose. Um, long story short, folks, that is who they plan on giving the reins to when Nancy Pelosi leaves after the midterms. Now let's play out scenario number two. The Republicans win big time, and that would force her to leave, in which case she would do one of two things. She would either, either hand the gavel over to House Minority Leader Kevin McCoward, which I do not want to happen, or she would have to hand the gavel over to President Donald J. Trump, which, by the way, is sounding more and more of a possibility than it did three months ago. So imagine the power that President Donald J. Trump would have as the Speaker of the House, directly in charge of the Capitol City Police. Now, I believe, I believe, folks, this is why they are doing everything they can with the January 6th Unselect Committee to use it as a tool to stop President Donald J. Trump and the Republicans from winning a majority in 2022, since they know they cannot do it at the voting booth any longer at least not how they did it in 2020 because we're keen to all of that that is why they're going to keep this january 6th thing moving because as speaker of the house president trump would be in complete control of the capital city police the capital city police actually report directly to the speaker of the house so one way or another folks stretch face armstrong herself is leaving the speakership this november whether it's to retire and hand the reins over to Hakeem Jeffries or whether it's to be forced out of there and have to hand the gavel over to McCarthy or President Donald J. Trump. Now, McCarthy would be a weak, weak leader. And we're going to talk about that a little later on in the show about how weak he actually is. Okay. Hakeem is a nasty, nasty scumbag individual, just like the rest of these people like Ilhan Omar and AOC. That is the crowd that he falls uh, in. He's, he's literally, literally like a halfway between point between Nancy Pelosi and AOC, which means he's got the worst from both of them. That is what a Hakeem Jeffries would bring. I don't believe that the Republicans, if we conquer in November of 2022, are going to want to hand the reins over to Kevin McCarthy. He's too weak. He is not the new Republican Party. He just isn't. So I believe, again, that it's looking more and more like Donald J. Trump might become the Speaker of the House. But we're going to go ahead, first of all, this morning, and give away the Dumb Dumb Award of the Day, and that's going to... Punch Drunk Nancy Pelosi gets the Swamp Donkey Dumb Dumb Award of the Day. She's got herself in a position where she's pretty much screwed. She's pretty much screwed, and I'm talking about the January 6th commission. She's pretty much... This is going to be... The thing that destroys her legacy and comes back to bite her in her rear end. You watch and see what I'm saying. And we're going to get to that here right now. Let's talk about the January 6th entirety uh, from the from the protest to the riot to the so-called insurrection to today when people are still rotting in jail. The heroes, by the way, of this story are exactly the ones rotting in jail. It doesn't look like that today with the majority of America because of the smear campaign and because of the constant use of the word insurrection, even though not a single person has been charged with an insurrection. But later on in life, you will understand that these people that are rotting in jail right now, giving up everything in order for to expose everything, those will be the real heroes of the story. Watch and see what I say. President Trump, in my opinion, should have or maybe even right now needs to step in here with these January 6th political prisoners, but, 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 he may just have a plan, okay? Now hear me out. First of all, there's a reason that Nancy Pelosi fired the sergeant, of, or sergeant at arms that was in control during the January 6th capital city protests and replaced him immediately with somebody who would lock up all of the footage and all of the information and all of the intelligence that they had. The sergeant at arms who was there during January 6th knew a lot of crap that was going on behind the scenes and literally Nancy Pelosi relieved him of his duty and replaced him with somebody who locked up all the evidence. Why? Why? Why isn't the public able to see Public video and public record. Well, we know why. We know why. Now, Revolver News, Darren Beatty, and I'll even say Tucker Carlson as well, they've been doing a lot of, a lot of work lately, and, and Steve Bannon as well, uh, exposing the feds that were, in, that were involved in all of this in this massive inside sting, the same way they did it with Governor Whitmer over in Michigan. And I'm going to tell you another thing, too. If Bannon gets his way, which I believe he will as he goes forward on the offense with this January 6th unselect committee, you're going to get more footage. And once we get all this footage, you're going to be able to piece it all together. You're definitely going to be able to piece it all together. The first thing I want to show you right now is this video from Jim Jordan speaking about what Nancy Pelosi did when she fired this sergeant at arms. Check this out. We're, we're going to expose this, the, the truth along
0: the way that shows that Nancy Pelosi and Democrats uh, were were, uh, were
1: involved in the negligence that led to the disaster that happened a year ago on January sixth. If we're if we're serious about about making sure that another January sixth never happens again, then we need to answer these important questions about the systemic breakdown of security at the top ranks of the capital, the U.S. Capitol Police, which report to. Speaker Nancy Pelosi Amen. And
0: Congressman Jordan wasn't the sergeant at arms office w- were people there summarily
1: dismissed I believe I yep. I heard yep. that that they, they, they people have been there for 10 and 12 years were just told to leave their offices at some point and it seemed to be there was some politics the involved there The day after Yeah the, the day after uh, Pelosi asked the, the, the Paul Irving to leave the sergeant at arms And the the new person that they brought in won't turn over the documents. The House Council won't turn over the documents. But this whole thing, I mean, Laura, think about this. Democrats have objected to counting the electors every single time a Republican has won the presidency this century. Democrats spent four years trying to overturn President Trump's election. Democrats spied on President Trump's campaign, and they did an impeachment proceeding in secret based on a so-called whistleblower whose identity only Adam Schiff got to know. But somehow... Donald Trump is the threat to democracy, according to Liz Cheney and Adam Schiff. It, it's, it's ridiculous. And the American people see it for what it is. So we have to, to, to make sure we get the truth out, as Jim Banks said, about what really happened, what should have been in place that day to protect the. That's right. And, and, and what's going to happen, folks, is as Bannon and others fight to get this footage released, we're going to find out exactly what happened. And a little later in the show. When I bring some good news into the mix, there might be a lawyer for one of the January six people rotting in prison right now. Who's actually going to get to the bottom of it legally with subpoenas one way or another Nancy Pelosi's on her way out. And can you imagine if Donald J this is why I don't think they're going to put Kevin McCarthy as speaker of the house. There's only one way to really do this to really, really take all the cards take all the cards away from the Democrats, take all the power away from the Democrats, and ultimately, ultimately put them in a position to be locked up. And that is making Donald J. Trump the Speaker of the House. If you put Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House, we will never get to the bottom of January 6th. Never, never, never. He's a uniparty wussy, and he has no place being the Speaker of the House in 2022. maybe, Maybe he could have been the Speaker of the House in 2012, Maybe he could have been the Speaker of the House, maybe even in 2015, but not in 2022. In 2022, we need a firebrand. We need somebody who understands make America great again, America first agenda. We need somebody who understands that these rhinos who actually are cuddled right up with Kevin McCarthy and Frank Luntz and all these other scumbag uniparty losers, we need somebody who understands who they are so that we can get them out of the party. And Kevin McCarthy, you fall into that realm. And so does Ronna McDaniel. And so does Steve Scalise. All of them, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, all, they're all the same. Look, there is no difference between a Kevin McCarthy and a a Liz Cheney, period. There just isn't. And I don't care whose panties that puts in a bunch or who gets their panties all up in a wad because of that. Kevin McCarthy is a loser who does not do what needs to be done for this new representative Republican party. It's over with. The only way we get to the bottom of January 6th and the rest of this crap is by putting somebody there who will actually get things done. And the law lo- and the logical choice that I the more I look at it, the more I think of it, the more I talk with people about it who do this as a as a as a job, who report on this, the more I see it come uh, talking people talking about it, I think it's logical to put Donald J. Trump as the Speaker of the House because not only does he get to the bottom of what happened with January 6th, because he becomes in charge of the Capitol City Police. Who were involved in covering all of this up for Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat Party there in Capitol Hill? That right there is how we get to the bottom of it. It is the only way, or or a Marjorie Taylor Greene. You could put a Marjorie Taylor Greene there. You could put a uh, you could put a a, 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 a Matt Gates there. You could. However, this is why I think it's still more logical to put a Donald Trump there, even in place of other firebrands. Why? Because you start impeachment try uh, impeachment impeachment proceedings immediately on Kamala Harris and immediately on Joe Biden. And who's the third in line for the presidency when those two lying scumbag cheaters leave? Who's next in line? Who's third? Who's third in line? Speaker of the House, President Donald J. Trump, reinstated before he runs for president in 2024. To me, that is the most logical An easy path to getting to the truth and getting him back to the White House. Again, I'll say it again. Imagine the power that President Donald J. Trump would have as Speaker of the House. You really want to get to the bottom of everything? Put him in that position. Because he has powers there that even the presidency doesn't have. And I would like to see him dip his toes in each one of the houses. Yeah, the Senate, I'd love to see him a senator someday. No, nah, senator, no. But definitely House Speaker and then, of course, President twice. You got to. This is the way to do it, folks. I will preach it from the top of the tallest mountain. This is the way to do it. Again, MTG would be a good choice. He, as she would. And so would Matt Gaetz. So would Jim Jordan. There'd be many people that I would choose to be the Speaker of the House over McCarthy. But... If you want to talk about a way, a path forward to the presidency, it's to get these two illegitimate presidents, up, uh, the, the president and the vice president, out of there as quick as possible. And, the, and by default, the third in charge is waiting to go into the White House. Please tell me. Please tell me something better than that. Because I'm going to tell you this right now. All of these forensic audits that we're doing, just as needed as finding getting to the bottom of January sixth, just actually more because it, it it affects voting for the rest of the, for the rest of our lives and the rest of our children's lives. So getting back to what happened on January on November third, January tw- or November third, twenty twenty, we have to do that. But I don't believe that those are all going to be done and decertified in the amount that he needs to get those electors back and to be reinstated by 2024. Why? Because they're going to drag it out as long as possible so they can actually legally destroy those records that they've already destroyed. Now, I see say, uh, Brian says, sounds like a pipe dream to me. Well, it, it did three months ago to me too. But the, you have to think of this logically because President. Tr- all we have to do is win in November. That's it. That is it. All we have to do is win in November, period. And that's it. The rest is history. The rest of what I said comes true. All we have to do is win the Senate and the House in, 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 in November, and the rest of it comes true because Donald J. Trump doesn't have to run for the Speaker of the House. They can just appoint him as the leader of the Republican Party, clearly as the leader of the Republican Party. They can just appoint him President of the United States, period. I mean, uh, Speaker of the House. I'm getting a little ahead of myself there. They can appoint him Speaker of the House without him running a campaign or anything like that. So again, it doesn't sound too far-fetched. Matter of fact, it sounds more logical than getting these forensic audits done in time in order to decertify all the electors in three of the major states or four of the, uh, or, or a combination of four of the sma- uh, smaller ones in order to get him reinstated. In I just, I don't see them, the powers that be in each one of these states allowing that to happen, but you do it the other way. You do it, you take the other path while you're fighting this path and, and, and I, I just don't see, I just don't see how it's a, po- a pipe dream. I just don't see it. Jim Jordan said a while ago that he wants to be ranking member on one of the committees. I can't remember which one, though. Probably the House Intel Committee. Probably the House Intel Intel Committee. So again, folks, when you see people say that this can't happen, I believe it can happen. Now, I want to show you the most recent footage that we have showing these police not only allowing the J6 protesters into the buildings through one of the tunnels, but actually wave them over and allow them to come straight in. Check this out. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta get this. Uh, I gotta get this fit a little better for you to see this. <clears throat> Apologize. I want to make sure that you guys see this video. So in order to do that, uh, it's actually in a different format. But again, this is, this is the latest footage that, uh, that was released. And it actually, if you see, there's, a, there's another part of this footage that actually shows the, uh, the police fighting and beating, and, and, and beating these people off and not allowing them in. But check this out. Check this out. This is crazy. And especially when you see them waving them, waving them in. Here we go, I finally got it pulled up. All right, here we go, let's play the whole video. Sorry for that, sorry it took so long. Here we go. Right here, you'll see this cop wave him in. There we go, see? Starts waving in the crowd. Now, again, folks, why would they allow them into that tunnel? Why would they allow them into that wing? Just like why would they, allow, why would they open up all of the, uh, the gates to allow people in? Now, I see in the comments people said, Jeremy, you said a couple months ago that the election would be decertified. I still believe it will. I still believe it will start with Arizona and go to Wisconsin or vice versa. The problem that we're seeing is Georgia and Pennsylvania. Those are the two that are holding things up. So then I seen somebody say, you have to understand that the Republicans and the Democrats are in on this. They will never let Donald Trump be Speaker of the House. I disagree with that. I disagree with that 100%. Why? Because if we win in November, that means that we got somewhat of a handle on our elections, which means that we stopped them from cheating at the the voting booth, at the ballots. We stopped them from cheating. If we win in November, that means we got a handle on it. We made sure they could not cheat again. Okay now, by then, you might see two states decertified. You might see Janu- uh, you might see in January, February Arizona to certify, and you might see Wisconsin decertify. but you still need Pennsylvania and Georgia, or a combination between Michigan and Wisconsin, but Pennsylvania and Georgia and Arizona would do it right there. That would be enough. However, again, you have too many people in the mix when it comes to President Trump becoming the Speaker of the House. We win in November, that means that Republicans know for sure that their careers would be over if they don't put him in there. So there's a lot, again, I I know there's a lot going on here, but let's look at things logically. And again, if we win in November, that changes the course of everything, changes the course of everything. And Donald Trump could easily be Speaker of the House the next day. He could be Speaker of the House by November 5th, Impeachment, impeachment proceedings, Immediately. Immediately. All right, we have another Democrat running for the Hills, everybody. The 24th Democrat, Representative Bobby Rush from the state of Illinois, makes up the 24th Democrat to announce that he is not going to run for reelection in 2022. Not running. That makes 24. Representative Bobby Rush of Illinois, the latest House Democrat to head for the exits ahead of the 22 midterms. He announced this week that he will not seek reelection, again, making him the 24th Democrat to do so. It's pretty clear that the Democrats know what's coming in November and a lot of them don't want to be around to witness it. This uh, Bobby Rush uh, to retire after 15 terms, again, something that should not be allowed in this country from any representative senate or president nope should not be allowed term limits period bobby rush democrat of illinois the former black panther ex-chicago alderman member of congress and minister told the chicago sun times on monday that he will not seek another term he was first elected in congress in 1992 and he said in an interview he attends, intends to stay active in his ministry and find ways to use his remarkable life story now if he's actually out there preaching the gospel more power to him Go and preach the gospel, sir. Get your crooked butt out of the seat. Since his first election to Congress, when he toppled Democrat incumbent in a primary, rushed with an enormous name recognition from his Black Panther days, has kept an iron grip on the first congressional district, famously defeating then-Senator Barack Hussein Obama in the 2000 Democratic primary. 75 years old and he won each primary and uh, general election by an overwhelming margin in the district anchored on Chicago's south side and running through the city's southern suburbs. Yes, he did beat Barack Hussein Obama in the year 2000. Beat the brakes off him, actually. So, 24 Democrats now leaving. And you don't think we're going to get 100 seats? The wheels are coming off as well as the gloves, says Scotty17. Either way, something is going to go down this year, says Linda Chavez. Paper ballots. 100% correct. Paper ballots and midterms. All right, moving on. Another Pennsylvania Democrat commissioner was arrested for raping a 15-year-old boy last week, but guess what? He's been let out on bail. While the January 6th Political prisoners rot in jail, most of which who have had no criminal history, they rot in jail without bail. But yet a Democratic commissioner who raped a 15-year-old boy can be arrested and then let out on bail. Let's go to the crazy, disgusting story. A Pennsylvania Democrat commissioner was arrested and charged last week for raping a 15-year-old boy in 2017. 50-year-old Democrat Marvin Smith reportedly lured the teen into his car in Philadelphia in August of 2017. According to the reports, Smith told the juvenile that he would give him a ride home. However, he drove the boy to a remote parking lot and sexually assaulted him. The juvenile reported the sexual assault to the Philadelphia police Two years later, in 2019, it is unclear why the investigation into the sexual assault of a minor took more than two years before he was finally arrested. Darby Township Commissioner—he was from Darby. Marvin Smith was arrested for sexual assaulting a 15-year-old boy. Smith, 50, is a Democrat elected to the commissioner represent elected as the commissioner representing Darby Township's first ward in 2019. He is charged with rape. Statutory sexual assault, luring a child into a motor vehicle, and other offenses. Philadelphia Police Department spokesman Eric McLaurin confirmed all of this on Friday. Smith turned himself in on Tuesday, which was today, and a warrant had been issued for his arrest on November 22nd. Court documents show Smith posted $100,000 bail and released. With his next court his next court date, being actually January 5th. In April, the boy told Philadelphia police that he had been sexually assaulted by Smith. On August 12th, of 2017, the alleged victim again was 15 years old at the time of the incident. You want to know something that's weird, folks? It's not really weird. It's just reoccurring. It's it's a pattern. I'm not saying that no conservative, rhino, uh, con- uh, crooked politician out there has ever done anything wrong because they have, but when it comes to child pedophilia, rape, murdering babies, having sex with children, luring them, pick, uh, sexting them, texting them, sending pictures and videos back and forth. Why is it always a Democrat? Why is it always a Democrat who's involved in these disgusting sexually lewd acts? And again, the same Democratic Party is out there trying to give fourth graders sexual material in public schools. The same Democratic Party is out there having transsexual library story hour magic rainbow story hour in public libraries with transsexuals twerking all over your six-year-old child same exact party people same people who make up an entire song and have an entire choir in san francisco sing it we're coming for your children we're coming for your kids we're coming for your children these are sick 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 individuals And if you could hold them accountable the way you could back in the old day, guess what? It wouldn't exist. But that's a hate crime. That's a hate crime. If I rape your child and you beat the brakes off me and to the point where I can no longer walk, well, that's a hate crime, sir. No, that's a crime of passion for sexually assaulting my child. But that's the world we live in. Again, folks, the January 6th political prisoners are stuck in jail with no bail, rights being abused every single day, no right to a speedy trial, just stuck there to rot. Meanwhile, if you're a Democrat and you rape a 15-year-old boy, well, guess what? You're out of here, sir. Get out on that street and rape another one. We'll see you on January 5th. Lat 1957 says, no, you wouldn't even be breathing. Amen. And you know what? I get it. That's not very Christian of people, but you know what? We are in the flesh. It is what it is. If you hurt one of my children that way, God forgive me. It's the way I look at it. God forgive me. Now, I want to get to a statement of President Donald J. Trump. Uh, In the wake of all of the censorship that's been happening, President Donald J. Trump actually came out with a statement Pertaining to Twitter banning Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I want to read this to you because there's something I want to say afterwards. Former President Donald J. Trump responded to Twitter banning representative Marjorie Taylor Greene by calling the platform a disgrace to democracy. And you know what? I don't even like calling him former President Donald J. Trump, so I'm not even going to read it. Twitter is a disgrace to democracy, he said. They shouldn't be allowed to do business in this country. The statement continued, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a huge constituency of honest, patriotic, hardworking people. They don't deserve what's happened to them on places like low-life Twitter and Facebook. Trump then called for people to abandon the platforms that continue to censor his friends and supporters. Everybody should drop off Twitter and Facebook. He says they're boring. I said that yesterday. They are so boring have only radical left point of views and are hated by everyone. They are a disgrace to our nation. Trump concluded, keep fighting Marjorie. Now, why does it take President Donald J. Trump, who has his own list of fights that he's dealing with right now, why does it fall on a, on paper, former president to come and make a statement about what Twitter and Facebook did to Marjorie Taylor Green? Here we go. Here we go. Where are you, Kevin McCoward? Where are you, Mitch McChina? Where are you, Ronna McDaniel? Where are you, Steve Scalise? For that matter, where are you, Liz Cheney? You're a Republican, right? You believe in free speech, right? Oh, no, that's right. Only the free speech are people that are actually going to agree with your uniparty, warmongering, Teletubby, Miss Piggy family. Where are these people in defense of somebody's First Amendment right, Being censored and squashed and banned, not that I care about Twitter. I don't give a damn about Twitter. But I do care about people losing their First Amendment right left and left and right and nobody saying anything about it who have the power to say something about it. The same reason why you've not seen Kevin McCoward standing outside that January 6th jail. The same reason why you haven't seen his loser butt. Traveling this country to find out what happened on November 3rd of 2020. That's why we need this scumbag out of the out of the uh, House Minority leadership. He is a loser. Why does it take President Trump to do this? Where are these people? They could stop it. They could stop it in a heartbeat, and if they and if they couldn't stop it, they could at least bring massive attention to it, but they don't care. Kevin McCarthy's too busy, apparently. Bunking up with Frank Luntz. Maybe they're having transsexual story time. Yell, uh, uh, Rainbow story hour in their little apartment. Bunk beds. I don't know. I get too heated over this stuff. Because this party that we belong to. Are nothing but weak. Weak individuals. Who have allowed the Democrats all the power in this country. We're here today not because of Democrats. We're here because of Republicans. That's why we're here. And for all you old school public Republicans out there that don't agree with me or don't understand what I'm saying, then I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. You're lost. You no longer belong to a real party. You literally belong to the Democratic Party. And you don't even know it. All of you out there who think that Mitt Romney is a good guy... And that Dan Crenshaw is a good guy. You have no idea what you're talking about. You are lost. And I don't care half of the people that watch the show left because I said that. That's the truth. Otherwise, we would see them sticking up for us. But they don't. They never do. And they never will. Now let's go to two good stories finish off the day actually before we get to these last two stories we might be running over about five minutes because I want to talk about these insurance companies these insurance companies right now are coming out putting a massive a massive hole in the CDC's stories about COVID deaths And I never thought of this until today but who better ladies and gentlemen who better to have every statistic of every death in this country than insurance companies These people do not like to part with dollars. They're not like politicians where they get money from everybody and it's an endless flow, a revolving door of somebody else's money. No, 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 no. Insurance companies want every red penny. Who better to know exactly who's dying and what they're dying from than insurance companies? Got a story for you. You'd like to hear it? Here it goes. Got some new crazy information coming from a billion dollar insurance company out of Indiana, headquartered in Indiana, I should say, as it relates to deaths in 2020. And again, who would have better statistics, facts, and numbers than an insurance company who has to pay out dollars to people who are dying? This is a huge hit to the CDC, pretending that hundreds of thousands of people are dying from COVID. I'm going to read you a story and then play you a video from the guy who runs this insurance company. Okay, here we go. Highest death rates in history, says an Indiana life insurance CEO, says that deaths are up by a whopping 40% among people aged 18 to 64 in 2020. But there's a catch, folks. He says only a fraction of those people are COVID deaths. How could that be? Now, if you told me this story without telling me that it was what, what it was pertaining to, if you just said, hey, this insurance company said that there's 40% more deaths in 2020 than there was previous years. And I'd say, yeah, COVID, probably, right? I mean, right? Can't be the flu, because that seemed to disappear. It's got to be COVID. He says no. Working-aged Americans have been dying at an unprecedented pace ever since the beginning of the manufactured COVID-19 pandemic, according to the head of the one of the United States' largest insurance companies, But somehow the dreaded China virus, contrary to what the approved science says, has little to do with the catastrophic increase. Scott Davison, the CEO of Indianapolis-based insurance company One America, you guys might have that insurance company, was one of several business leaders and health professionals who spoke during a virtual conference that was organized by the Indiana Chamber of Commerce on December 30th. During his presentation, he said that the death rate among Americans aged 18 to 64 has skyrocketed by a jaw-dropping 40% compared to pre-pandemic levels. Davison stressed that he was talking about huge, huge numbers, which are the highest in the history of business, he said. And the increase, he clarifies, is not, I repeat, not driven by the deaths that are being classified as COVID-19 deaths. What the data is showing to us, he says, is that the deaths that are being reported as COVID deaths greatly understate the actual death losses among working age people from the pandemic. It may not all be COVID on their death certificate, but deaths are just huge, huge, are up just huge numbers, he says. And what we saw just in the third quarter, we're seeing it continue into the fourth quarter, is that death rates are up 40 percent over what they were pre-pandemic? To put it in perspective, Davidson said the massive spike in death in this group, age group, is four times higher than what would be seen in a one-in-two-hundred-year catastrophe. Adding that 40 percent is just absolutely unheard of, and it's not just the One America Insurance Company that is seeing this trend in their claims, uh, in their claims data. He says. But every single insurance company also has reported seeing the same thing. What's most worrisome, though, he said, is that the biggest increase in excess deaths has come from traditionally healthier working-aged individuals under the age of 65 and not the elderly who are the most susceptible to the COVID-19 virus. Why? What are they dying from? Well, I reported for you, Just the other, uh, I think it was Friday, maybe it was Thursday, about the increase in heart attacks and strokes in this country. And I tied them directly to the COVID 19 vaccine because what else could it have been attributed to with something so high of an increase in the same exact year that everybody has been vaccinated? And now the insurance companies are backing it up. They're saying it's not COVID deaths. That is making up this 40% increase. The deaths are coming. At an astronomical level. From people that are in an age group. That are completely healthy. Why? And like I said. Like I said. Who better to have this information than an insurance company? You think these people want to pay any money to anybody? These are the greediest people on planet earth. Insurance is one of the biggest scams. Ever. Ever. Ever perpetrated on the American people or on the world you think these people are lying when they say that they see these increases no because they're having to pay these people out again I'm not here to tell you one way or another whether it was the jab or whether it wasn't but it's really odd that the insurance companies are now saying this after the year ends and the death rate uh, with people uh, who are having heart attacks and strokes are way up in the same year that the vaccines are out come on folks Why do we have to play like people are stupid? Now, I want to give you some good news to end the show. Like I said, we might go an extra five minutes, so I apologize. But here we go. Since the corrupt politicians want to hide the names of the feds that were involved in the January 6th insurrection. And since courage is contagious. One of the January 6th prisoners attorneys has decided to do something it's probably going to change the game, folks. Several men suspected of being federal agents, and we all have seen their pictures and their videos over the last two months, especially from Darren Beatty. Several men suspected of being federal agents in or around the Capitol on January 6th have now been subpoenaed by one of the attorneys for an imprisoned oath keeper. 100% fed up has reported that Oathkeeper's president, Stuart Rhodes, Black Lives Matter Antifa activist John Sullivan, remember the dude that got a ton of money from selling uh, his story to CNN, but then had to pay it back? And Fed Surrectionist cheerleader Ray Epps and Thomas, um, disabled former FBI worker turned Oathkeeper, have all been subpoenaed by Kelly. Meggs, defense attorney for John Mosley. Kelly Meggs is, uh, is an imprisoned oath keeper accused of conspiring to storm the Capitol. Julie Kelly of American Greatness tweeted images of the subpoenas. I going to uh, let me do a split screen here for you guys. Do a split, split screen and pull this up. Here is here are the images of the subpoenas. She says, interesting filing today in Oathkeeper's case. Defense wants to subpoena Ray Epps, Stuart Rhodes, and Officer Harry Dunn, who several Oathkeepers say they helped protect from violent protesters. The trial to be uh, in April. Let's go on here. They're, according to Meg's attorney, and this is Oath Keeper Kelly Megs right here, the names of at least three men that multiple non-traditional media outlets have suggested are federal agents... Or informants will prove his client's innocence and show that the January 6th commission is politically motivated. Scroll down some more here. National File reports that Rhodes, presence in Washington, D.C., has been the subject of much skepticism with Darren Beatty's Revolver News publishing a series of investigative reports suggesting that he may be working with the federal government or its intelligence agencies in some capacity. There he is right there. So we got an Oath Keepers president literally working with the feds. While many of the Oath Keepers who Rhodes led to Washington, D.C. that day were arrested, some, like Meggs, have been held without bail for nearly a year. Rhodes, however, the president, has still not been charged. Rhodes was voluntarily interviewed by the FBI but has not been arrested, and the government does not appear to suspect him of committing any crimes. Here's Ray Epps right here. Identity became known in conservative circles due to the exhaustive work of Revolver News and Derek Beattie, which compiled extensive videos showing Epps urging conservatives gathered in Washington, D.C. to storm the United States Capitol on and before January 6th, 2021. 100% Fed Up reports that Epps' image and name, that once appeared on the FBI's list of suspects wanted in connection with the January 6th incident was removed shortly after it was added. Epps was, has not been arrested and does not appear to be under any investigation for his role in the January 6th quote insurrection where his job appeared to be organizing and encouraging Trump supporters to go inside the Capitol on both January 5th and January 6th. Epps and Oathkeeper Keeper President Stuart Rhodes have had a history of working together. In 2011, Epps was the chapter president of the Oath Keepers. Stewart and Ray can both be seen together in this photo below. So folks, one way or another, we're going to get to the bottom of January 6th. And if it means that attorneys and people like Steve Bannon and his attorneys get these people under oath, subpoena these people to get them in front of a jury, ladies and gentlemen, I think the House of Cards is going to come crumbling down. So I want to go ahead and I want to give today's Smarty Award of the Day to none other than this attorney for her amazing work. Smarty Award of the Day. I think that's just amazing work and it's something that probably should have been done a long time ago, but a big shout out to that, uh, to that, to that attorney because, uh, We got to get to the bottom of it one way or another. All right, one more story here to end the day. A federal judge has granted, ladies and gentlemen, a temporary injunction to a group of Navy SEALs who are seeking a religious exemption from the COVID-19 shot. This is good news, especially since we know that January 7th they will be... um, January 7th, there'll be there'll be a hearing in the Supreme Court about Biden's vaccine mandate. United States District Judge Reed O'Connor granted a temporary injunction to a group of Navy SEALs from the Biden COVID vaccine mandate based on their requested religious exemptions. Judge O'Connor was appointed by none other than George W. Bush in 20 and 2007. Federal judge has granted temporary injunction to the group of Navy SEALs seeking a religious exemption. Judge O'Connor says there is no COVID exception to the First Amendment. There is no military exclusion for our Constitution. The United States District Court for the Northern District of Texas today issued a preliminary injunction stopping the Department of Defense from pushing military service members who have religious objections to the vaccine mandate. First Liberty Institute filed a federal lawsuit and motion for preliminary injunction on behalf of dozens of United States Navy SEALs and other naval special warfare uh, personnel against the Biden administration and the Department of Defense for the refusal to grant religious accommodations to the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. The courts ordered... Can be read here, but saying forcing a service member to choose between their faith and serving their country is an ad uh, adhorrent to the Constitution and American values, said Mike Berry, general counsel for the First Liberty Institute. Quote, punishing Navy SEALs for simply asking for a religious accommodation is purely vindictive and punitive. We're pleased that the court has acted to protect our brave warriors before more damage is done to our national security. So at least we have some good news to end today's show. And folks, I've been really, 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 really trying to make sure that I give you a good balance of the good news that's going on, the winning that we're doing, and all the bad news that's out there. Sometimes one outweighs the other. Sometimes we have a show nothing but good news, and sometimes we have a show that seems like, oh, really, here we go, starting 2022. But again, I'll say it. It's the truth. And as long as we have the truth, then we're always, always winning. Always winning. So I'm going to get ready to end the show today, folks. And while I do, please look at your screen, the featured item of today, which we now have back in stock, the flag and cross coffee mug. These are 11 ounce coffee mugs and we are completely back in stock. It says out of stock on the website, but my web guy will have that done here shortly today and all inventory will be updated. So having said that, folks, remember there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one. Yahweh so stand up tall keep your shoulders back keep your chest out and keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper God bless each and every one of you and I will see you tonight for more live from America at 5 p.m. have a great great day everybody see you later